Welcome to AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons. We're advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, and research. Welcome to part four of our podcast series on diagnosing and treating an infected joint replacement. We are again joined by our two patient volunteers who have managed well with their respective infected joint replacements. We will join the discussion again with Nancy from Chicago and Randall from Kentucky. I am your moderator, Dr. Matthew Bullock. Let us continue. I want to address IV antibiotics because for people that are hesitant, I would say don't be. The whole process of IV, IV antibiotics is that they bypass your gastrointestinal tract. And I had a line in my arm. Yeah. And so I was able to have IV antibiotics for 10 weeks and I had no symptoms. Right. I had no issues. I had no problems. I did take probiotics mm-hmm. that my infectious disease specialist prescribed. Okay. It was fine. Yeah. Um, it's just one of the things, but it got rid of the infection. And I felt very confident that the infection was gone by the time we did the hip replacement at 10 weeks. Right. And was very important to me because I'm very much of a science person and I wanted everything to be clear and clean. And it was the process. I found it to be pretty easy. I mean, I had to go in once a week and I did stuff, but I wouldn't say it was a, a hard process. And I think it's really important to lean into the science. I think the difficulty is not as much as the physical is mobility certainly is difficult, but Mm -hmm. the antibiotics issue was, man, I have a friend of mine right now who's going through the same thing. And I'm like, it's no big deal. You know, you wear it around your neck 24 hours a day and it's pressurized. And I mean, there's nothing to it these days. I think medicine has come so far. It's great. And I, you know, it wasn't really a bother other than once in a while getting hung up on a drawer when you're not paying attention and the thing, you know, yeah. yanking your neck or something like that. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, you know, it, right. it was pretty easy, but yeah. I'm finding that it's the mental, and I know we'll talk maybe more about this later, but there is such a mental aspect of this that really needs to probably be discussed. And I yep. know that, that we will. Yeah. And that kind of leads, before we tackle the mental aspect here, I did want to, you know, reiterate to our listeners here. So usually when there's an infection, there's a couple ways that they can treat that, that your surgeon can treat that. If it's caught really early, mm-hmm. your surgeon can go in and do a washout procedure So they can go into the hip or the knee. They can exchange all the mobile parts, leave the implants in place, and then wash everything out really good, close you back up, and hit you with IV antibiotics for several weeks. Another option, if they catch it a little later, is to go in, take the entire joint replacement out. Either they can put back a spacer, which is a big lump of antibiotic cement that's sometimes in the shape of a hip or a knee replacement respectively. And again, this is followed by IV antibiotics for several weeks. Yep. 
And it sounds like, Randall, you had a spacer. You still have a spacer in. They hit you with the antibiotics. And Kathy, did you have a spacer as well? Yeah, I had a spacer as well. Okay. I had a spacer for 10 weeks. 10 weeks, right. And so it's usually that spacer is in there giving off antibiotics on the inside as the infectious disease doctors hit you with antibiotics through your IV and really try to attack this thing. Yeah. yeah. Mine was attacked two-step process. It was literally the first time they did the washout and tried that. Okay. And uh, then came back, that was in February, and I was just getting over that and was able to walk with a cane pretty good. And then in June, it came back, and then they had to go in and take out the implant and put the spacer in and all that. So that's where I'm at today. I'm waiting to either have a new knee or what other steps that we can possibly take. So. Yeah, right. Right. And so trying to round off the antibiotic side of things, you know, the antibiotics are necessary to help attack the bacteria or the yeast. Very rarely a yeast can cause an infection in a joint, but the antibiotics or antifungal medication is needed to help attack this bug from the IV side of things. This is where our infectious disease doctors come into play. Their training is literally we find the bug, we attack it with a medication that's going to help your body fight it. And some people can't tolerate antibiotics as well as some, uh, like Nancy has put it, you know, she was on probiotics. Sometimes it affects your gut and can give you an upset stomach or diarrhea, some other side effects, but this is kind of a necessary evil. And again, that's important to talk to your infectious disease doctor. I don't like how these antibiotics are making me feel. Can we try a different one? Right. I mean, you're, you're in this. It's a little hard to say, I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, you kind of got to keep going because <laughs> the train's going to keep going and you want to try to get rid of the antibiotics as you can preserve and or get your new hip or knee replacement. So that's just a point I wanted to watch, uh, at least mention here. So I wanted to ask, you know, how did the infectious disease doctors, how they monitor your antibiotics? Was there blood work or did they just talk to you over the phone or in person? How did that piece go when they were monitoring you when you're on your antibiotics? What do you think, guys? Randall? Mine was I had blood work every week for several weeks, and then they took a break. In fact, three weeks ago, they picked back up on the monitoring. In fact, they showed me the graphs and the chart uh, they're keeping about infection and all the markers and uh, have recommended the aspiration just to see where we're at. And then verbally, they'd be checking constantly as well. I've good follow-up care with infectious disease, trying to keep a close eye on it, but going ahead and moving forward, so. Yeah. yeah. Nancy, how'd they watch this? I had a weekly, okay. weekly seconds with blood work, and then also cleaning of the catheter. Mm -hmm. I had a catheter that I was using on my own, and they would clean that and take that out. So that was weekly for the entire time. And just also, you know, check in in terms of how I was feeling and what was going on during the, the whole 10 weeks. So I was going in every week. Every week. And like we said, this is a long process, weekly thing. So yes, yes. 
So thankfully, obviously, we're making progress through here. And Nancy, they're able to get rid of the bacteria and get you ready to get that redo surgery. Randall, it sounds like you're on the right track. We're trending in the right direction to get rid of that bug uh, or the infection. So I wanted to ask you now, you know, pretend you're kind of at that stage here. You're getting ready for your replant or your redo hip or knee replacement. What's going through your mind now? I mean, mentally, how are you feeling? You kind of got over that hump of the infection kind of next steps as, okay, we're going to get our new hip or knee replacement. What are your thoughts here? And Randall, we'll start with you here and then go up to Nancy. I am excited because I'm, I have been immobile most of this year since February. I'm ready to move on. In fact, I hope tomorrow it's clear and that we can proceed. I'm ready to start rehab with a new joint and get that thing going. And yeah, I'm just being as positive as possible, looking at the good side. I know that there's still a possibility because of cirrhosis of the liver and the other issues that may not happen. But if we have to go a different route, we have to go a different route. But either way, I'm ready to move on with life and just live it however I'm going to have to live it. I'm going to make the best of it. And I've tried to do everything that my doctors told me to do in infectious disease. Uh, I think that's certainly important that you listen Mm -hmm. what they say and do what they say. I was raised in a home that we never went to the doctor's kids. I mean, you bust your head open, you know, you just held pressure on it. (laughs) Or dad would get out the sewing kit and it was like, no, thanks, dad. You know, right. Uh, right. So I'm ready for a replacement. Right. Try it at least. Absolutely. How about you, Nancy? How'd you feel when it was okay? It's, It's go time. My replacement was so easy compared to my spacer. I mean, because obviously the spacer, they're cutting out the old hip. Mm -hmm. And that was the big surgery. And my surgeon prepared me for that. I was prepared for it. It was big to have that done. Mm -hmm. But like the hip replacement was like, I don't know, it was it was pretty easy. I felt good, I felt mobile, I was able to start like powering through right away. And again, it's kind of astonishing now that I'm fine. <laughs> like, right. amazing. It's kind of crazy. I will say, and I don't know if you're gonna ask this question, you have to do your physical therapy. Yes, yes have to do it correct my physical therapy was really the hardest part of the whole process right. and I did it for six months and it was really hard for a variety of reasons I had absolutely no mobility and no muscle tone in my leg I did the physical therapy and there were times when I walked out of that room and I was like I'm gonna throw up I'm sweating too hard and I am totally fine today. So do it. Do your physical therapy. Absolutely. 
And that's key. And you bring up that point at the best time here, Nancy, is you get your new joint replacement. As Randall said, you know, he's not been doing much since February because he hasn't. He had a spacer. You had your spacer too. I'm sure you're doing some things, but not oh like you God. want to. No, you're yep. so weak. You weak. Have to do- <laughs> no endurance. You're weak. Your muscle tone. You get out of breath easily. Physical yeah. therapy is a key component to recovery after this. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And, and, you know, some have said, you know, and it is true, is is the rehab after a revision or an infected redo is a lot longer, more arduous process because the infection, the immobility, sometimes the antibiotics can really take a lot out of you. So it's going to take longer to kind of get that back. It took me a full six months. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm fine. Now. She's here. Exactly. I walk five miles. I mean, you know, this is great. I mean, it, it, it's great. But I think, you know, what you alluded to at the beginning is mm-hmm. that this is a marathon and not a sprint. And right. if you actually, you know, think about that, I think it's helpful because you won't be too hard on yourself. You're like, okay, this is going to take this much of my life. And I know it's really hard because you're you're taking time out of your life. But if you take eight months out of your life, I am totally fine. And so that's kind of a miracle. And and the quality of life, you know, you invest a short period of time, but the quality of the years ahead certainly will pay for it. Exactly. Yes. I mean, this is, you know, a a brief hiccup for continued years of enjoying family and extracurriculars and watching the grandkids grow up and going to church events and community events. I mean, that's all comes back to you after something like this. So, yeah, excellent. Excellent. I wanted to, you know, bring together just, just one point here is coming back to the mental side of things. Was there ever a point during this process here that you were like, I can't do this, or this is too much, or in a sense, did you have like a mental breakdown and feel like this is just overwhelming? Anything like that? And how did you combat those feelings? How did you manage those? Who did you talk to? That kind of thing. I think for anyone to say, oh, I never had any battles whatsoever. (laughs) There's a difference between having a battle and being clinically off the edge, you know? Right, right, right. There were some days, man, when I got up and I said, another day just like yesterday's about to happen. I mean, how many episodes of gun smoke and bonanza can a guy watch? <laughs> yes, you know, yes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And there were some days that I've always been, and I hate I I'm gonna say it this way, I've always been tough, can take pain. I've been through several things in my life that that in terms of physical that I endured some tests that were highly, highly painful. And I always just took the attitude, grip my teeth and say, come on, bring it on. I, it's not a problem. I can do this. You can't hurt me. This last one just about put me under in that in my mind, I thought, oh, I'm turning into a wimp because the pain every day that you have when you don't have that joint mm-hmm. and you're battling all that infection and you're battling all that. And honestly, I, I of course, 
being a religious person, uh, I drawed upon my faith, but l- let me say quickly, you need people around you too. And my doctor, just the conversations we had were always encouraging. And he would say the right line at the right time. And it just kept me saying, I can do this. And like I said, his line of, look, there is life after this, whether it's an amputation or a replacement, it gave me hope. That day I went out of there with hope that, you know what, regardless, I'm going to enjoy life. I've always enjoyed it. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my life with or without a left leg. Simple. But but mentally, it, it does take a toll, and we need to tell people that up front. And in fact, I am coaching a friend of mine. Good. He is bedridden because he fell and broke the fibula this week after they took it all out, mm-hmm. uh, his knee replacement. And he is, you know, he's not necessarily in a good place. Right. But, but because I have been through that, knowing, look, I got to keep this in check. You know, it's like Andy Griffith, the show, man, when, when depression <laughs> and those negative things come up, you got to nip it in the bud Yeah, and right. talk to people. And really your mobility plays a role in that because you can't get out. Right. But when you can get out, then you got to surround yourself with some good folks that you can talk to. And I, and I have that. So a good support group is everything. Okay. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. I agree more that it's the people that surround you that get you through this, who are positive and who are loving and supportive through times when you're like, I can't do this because there's times when you feel like that. You feel like I can't do this. And I can't say enough about my network. And so Get a network around you because you're going to need it. And my network was so amazing and so good and really got me to the next level. I think that's really important to just say, you guys, (laughs) I need help. Yeah. Super hard. I'm at a disadvantage. I have a wife that's a a nurse. (laughs) Oh, Lordy, man. She cracks the whip, keeps me straight, you know, all that. <laughs> yeah. And, and my family, there's a lot of humor in our home. <laughs> and of course, I, my kids are all adults, and they, they live a couple of hours away and, mm-hmm. and all that. But they took turns yeah. with old pops coming in. And for three weeks, they each took a, a week and came in and stayed with me. Yep. Because Kathy had to go to work. She was concerned about me being there by myself. Right. Because, you know, those first three weeks at home were about getting up, even just bad. going to yeah. the bathroom or getting up and trying to get yourself lunch. Yep. Things like that. And so my kids laugh at everything and they make humor. I have heard so many one-legged jokes. <laughs> I mean, things like. Um, I like my daughter was sitting there folding our clothes and she looked at me and said, Hey dad, guess what? I said, what? She said, just think 
there's a chance you'll never have to fold socks again. <laughs> Good point. Good point, and, man. And, and, and the humor was just, it was so uplifting, really. Now, some folks would find that right. sick and ill and <laughs> demented, I guess. But in our house, that's how we dealt with things. We laugh about it. But we were building that bond, and and they took good care of me, my children, and my wife. My wife just—they were there every moment of the day, particularly those three weeks, till they trusted me on my own to get up yeah. and to to move around a little bit. Really important for people to be very honest with themselves that they need help. Yeah. They yes. help through this process. You can't do it on your own and having help is going to get you through and get you through to a great place. Right. Yeah. So ask for help. That's always been hard for me, but I had so much help and it was just, it was just everything, Yeah. yeah. you know, to get through this. I mean, cause it is, you need help. <laughs> Don't do it on your own. Right. Absolutely. I'm not sure you can really, you know, Nancy, I, I don't, I couldn't. Uh, and you, you find out how much you need each other. You, you yeah, really yeah. do. Well put, well put. So, All right. All right, guys. I think that about wraps up what we're trying to do here tonight and kind of get your guys input. I want to, Thank you guys for participating. Nancy from Chicago and Randall from Kentucky, uh, thank you very much for sharing your insights and your personal experiences with your infections and your joint replacement. I hope that this gives our listeners at least some hope and some understanding as there's the science side of things and that's where your doctors come in, but then yes. there's the patient side of things and what goes through their mind and, and the patient's uh, family and their support group to help out. You know, we're all in this together. That's yes, why doctors perfect. train to, to help patients and patients are here to help other patients as well. So. Uh, I want to greatly thank you guys. Thank you. This is Dr. Bullock with the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeon Patient Education Committee. This has been great, and I wish you guys all luck, and thank you very much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank and you. Dr. Matthew Bullock, you have a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Nancy. Absolutely. <laughs> I thank you. I hope you have enjoyed our four-part podcast discussion on infection and joint replacement. Please be sure to listen to other topics from our AUKUS Amplified podcast series. For more information about all aspects of hip and knee replacement, please visit our website, hipknee.aahks.org. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for AUKUS Amplified. Visit aahks.org to learn more about how members of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate advocate and investigate in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.